Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 6, Episode 11, Chapter 106, Angels in America. After learning that Percival's plan to reinvigorate Riverdale would lead to the demise of Pops, Tabitha searches for a way to fight back. But when she's targeted by one of Percival's accomplices, the incident sends her back in time and searching for answers. I made a joke about them doing this. Mm-hmm. And then they did it. Mm-hmm. They did Quantum Leap meets Touched by an Angel, Diana. 100%. <laughs> I, I mean, that's what's happening on our screen. I didn't hate this episode as much as it seems the critics did. But then when I saw the critic responses back to this episode for half a second, I went like, yeah, this is really ridiculous. Is it ridiculous? Absolutely. Do I hate it? Not really. It's a, it's again, we're powering up all of our people. Yeah. So, okay, cool. She can move through time. Uh, okay, that's cool. It was a little on the nose. It, it was very much on the nose, but there's nothing subtle about this show, truly. <laughs> With Tabitha, they've been continually, you know, pointing that, you know, Pops is an institution. Pops been here forever. Pops has been through so many like big events. And so here's where like we show exactly how much that is true. And I feel like they did a pretty good job. I feel like they did okay. I think it was a bit much. Although you made an interesting point about the Stephen King of it all here. Mm -hmm. And that this directly ties into his... 11 63 novel mm-hmm. so there is that element there i just i don't know i almost wonder if it would have been better if it wasn't tied to specific historical moments if it was tied to stuff that happened in the town of riverdale the whole episode through i don't know i think i think the way they did it makes sense i mean the the events that are happening are things that were going around the country. They were things that were being felt. And so this is how it affected Pops. This is how Pops was a place of service, a place of refuge in Riverdale. So I think that's I think that's fine. It could have been a whole lot worse, y'all. I expected it to be worse. Um and, and it lot- wasn't. You know, they white savored the Andrews clan, but, you know, the Andrews men at least were on the right side of history of this one. So, okay. (laughs) They, they were, they've always been white saviors, the Andrewses. Sure. Yeah. That's a strong trait. (laughs) Kevin and his ridiculous mustache and those pants, those pants. Oh my God. The mustache in our second segment is quite good. It's hilarious. And this this episode, again, is just really getting into the comic books. And there is a Stephen King element, but there's also, you know, it calls back to our River Vale with the angel and, you know, the echoes of that. So, yeah, we're just, uh, we're in a comic book, um, (laughs) as evidenced by Jughead's wardrobe in this uh, episode. Yeah, like... Now he's got a sweater to match the plaid pants. It's a whole thing. We start with Pops and we get some Jughead narration where it's just 
talking about how it's just that one special place where it's community comes together and it's the home away from home. And like, as we're zooming in, like we can tell that it looks like we're in the past because one of the things about Riverdale is a lot of things are present day, but meant to look in the past. And so like kind of as we go through the door, you can, there's this very quick cut where then we can kind of tell, oh, we're, we're in the present day. And as we are inside, we have Jughead, Pops, and Tabitha watching their extremely old-fashioned television. And they're watching Alice on television interviewing Percival, who is talking about this game-changing project that will be a privately owned railroad that will go right through Riverdale, right through the heart of Riverdale. There's that word again. Yeah. And so Alice asked Percival, you know, uh, will this rail line have an official stop? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's going to go. The station's going to go where Pops is. Mm-hmm. Sad to see it go, but uh, in the name of progress. Progress demands it. So then we cut directly to Tabitha at the curiosity shop saying, no, I'm not going to sell it to you. And he's just like, mm, that sucks. Are they at the shop or are they at the champagne suite? It looks more like it's the shop. Mm, interesting. Because um, it's later when Kevin goes to visit him, it's it's the champagne suite. But this is appears to be the shop. Well, who knows? Who cares, really? <laughs> Which I believe is just a redressed uh, jewelry store shop. Tabitha, you know, points out, she says, I don't know what your angle is with the train project, but I know you're the only person who's going to benefit and Percival's like, you know, maybe your neighbors feel differently. In fact, they may want you to do what's best for the town. And then he tries to use his voice to sell him that land. And she's just like, never. To which Percival is very perplexed because it's not like she considers this. It's not like she takes in his attempt to persuade her. She doesn't acknowledge it at all. It has no effect has absolutely no effect on her so, so she, okay yeah so she heads over to the el royale office archie looks really rough she's trying to get him on board and archie's like i'm all for this but he knows my weakness so until i come up with a workaround i gotta lay low <laughs> tabitha goes to the fbi office and betty looks paranoid as shit betty's just like stay away from him he's very dangerous he can get inside your head and don't ever be alone with him well, I mean, that that gives us all the explanation we need to know. She knows what he did. Oh, sure. We go to the White Worm and Tabitha is trying to talk to Tony. It's like, yeah, like he's coming for us. And then he's coming for the White Worm. Tony's like, well, not exactly. He's claiming that his new station won't affect the White Worm. He's building above us. So we probably he says he, we won't have to shut down for a day. And not that I believe him. <laughs> and so then Tabitha goes to the casino. She's talking to Veronica and Veronica's like, I'll support you with whatever you need. But devil's advocate, your satellite pops is doing gangbusters business for us. So why don't you take the money and reopen in a new, improved, safer location? It's not good. But I mean, Veronica's being a businesswoman. Well, she said, I mean, she said, like, just playing devil's advocate. It's like, look, I'll help you do whatever it is that you want. But. You should also realize that it's not the location so much as it is pops and the food. And it, do, it does like it doesn't have to be that particular place. People are still going to come for your stuff. Oh, but it does. I know. I totally get it. Like I do 100 percent. I've watched Buffy. I'm aware. There's too much cosmic significance. Exactly. But. 
you know, from in a non, you know, <laughs> from a Veronica standpoint, Veronica, right. who's our only normal person at this point, she's our only non-powered character that we know of. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just yeah. But then we go, then we go to Thornhill, and Cheryl is wearing a bathing suit and fanning herself while Tabitha and Nana Rose are freezing. We can see their breath. Uh, Cheryl, you know, says like, hey, I've missed a lot of what's been going on, um, but I will help you destroy him. As soon as I learn to control certain skills I've been developing, I'm a work in progress. And Tabitha's like, okay. And she's freezing, which I find this hilarious. I love Cheryl right now. Like, I just, like, when she's fanning herself and while everyone is freezing, I just go, my literal hot body. Just, it's very fun. We cut over to the five seasons or, you know, the champagne room. And Kevin's there to report that Tabitha is trying to rally support from Chocolate Shop, but she's not getting a lot of traction. And Percival's like, well, she's tenacious. And ultimately, she won't be able to stop me, but she might slow me down. And that would be annoying. To which Kevin's like, totally. <laughs> and Percival's like, well, I gave her a fair chance. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> All right. So we go to the Jabatha apartment. And this is where Jughead has donned his plaid sweater. And this is just a lot of brown on him. Um, and Tabitha's complaining that she's been painted into a corner. Like, okay, what is his proposal is the best thing in town? And Jughead's like, no way. Uh-uh. It's our anchor. Like, People may have forgotten about that, but it's true. Yes, but what if you ask those people what would benefit the town more? Pop staying open or bright, shiny new railroad? It's hard to argue. Then Tabitha thinks, not to mention how can I fight him? I don't have any support. To which Jughead, who's messing with dishes, goes, you do have support. I support you. Tabitha's like, how did you know what I was thinking? I didn't say anything. To which Jughead's like, oh. <laughs> you answered a direct question that I was only thinking what's going on and don't say nothing because weird stuff has been happening for a while to which i was like okay i gotta talk to you <laughs> cut directly to tabitha going okay so you read thoughts betty sees auras archie's invulnerable unless he comes into contact with palladium cheryl's a fire starter and percival can control minds and jug is like yeah but he didn't manipulate you which is interesting yeah and tabitha's like yeah it's kind of makes sense <laughs> um but jughead has a plan he thinks we should declare pops a historical landmark so they can't bulldoze it because that's what he tried to do with the drive-in and his plan is to do the landmark status at the state level so that percival can't and the council can't do anything about it yep so we cut to pops and pops himself sets down a box of stuff and jughead starts like going through and we see pictures of you know j edgar hoover a sign with a nurse holding it with like you know get your polio vaccine here and tabitha pulls out an actual green book and be like oh my gosh like we we were in there and she points to the page where they're on it and jughead goes once a safe haven always a safe haven which is very sweet yeah anybody could say that but that has so much meaning coming from jughead which i think also helps with like I've seen a few things where people are like, I just don't buy Jughead and Tabitha. And I was like, they both love Pops more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like, if anything, that is one thing that they truly share is just a true love of Pops. Um, So some time passes. Tabitha comes out from the kitchen. It's like, hey, how about a grilled cheese and tomato soup for dinner? 
And Jughead's just really happy about like, hey, Pops has been here through all of the big shit. And, you know, like there's no way they can deny our application. And then the door rings and someone comes in, pulls out a gun, shoots and Riverdale. <laughs> there is uh, way too much happening just in the opening of the show. Oh, it, it's only going to get weirder. I mean, it happens literally every time, like every episode, but it's nuts. And this is a triptych episode. Yeah, well, kind of. So we come back from our credits and we're hearing Jingle Bells and Hey, Teresa, we got him. And a gentleman walks by Tabitha, who is wearing a shirt with the name Teresa embroidered on it. And <laughs> he's got a box of books. He's like, I can't believe Pops made it into the green book. And he's, he's just, you know, really excited about it. And he's like, hey, put these out. And so Tabitha's like, okay, all right. And she's just like, trying to figure out what is going on and she sees Jughead sitting in a booth so she runs over to him and is like what is going on where are we when are we is it really 1944 I mean she's been freaking out the second she was found out she was there yeah because she thought she was shot and she was but <laughs> there's there's a lot to explain yeah so then we go over to Jughead which I love what Cole Sprouse is doing here they completely changed up his hair and mm-hmm. i say completely i mean this is old jughead hair to a degree but previously his hair's been down more in his face and like kind of unruly and here it's very much slicked back and like that 40s 50 greaser style and they put makeup on cole that they don't usually do mm. one of the things that i know cole sprouse specified was like do not put make don't don't get rid of my under eye circles he doesn't want to sit in the makeup chair but for this, they did. So, yeah, so they totally put makeup on him um, that they don't normally do. And he is not moving his face. He is very much trying to control the smirk and the eye twinkle that he typically does as Jughead. He's incredibly angelic. As angelic as he can be. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cole. It's fucking Cole. It's fucking Cole. But it, it does make a difference for this iteration. Yes. So come to find out he's not Jughead. He's an angel. Um, and his name is Raphael as there. He's kind of explaining that, you know, if you saw me in my real form in all its glory, you'd lose your mind and go insane. I'm, I'm one of the good guys. Tabitha flashes to Rivervale when she met Raphael and she flashes. She comes back. She goes, wait, is your name Raphael? It is. And he explains that in your timeline, the real Jughead is by your bedside in the hospital. And so Tabitha's like, you know, I, I, I remember what was happening. So if you're my guardian angel, where have you been? It's like, oh, I've been near you, but I'm only allowed to show ourselves in times of cataclysmic events or extreme cosmic significance. This applies. No, no shit. <laughs> so she's just like. Okay, so why did getting shot send me to 1944? And how do I get back? And Raphael is like, I don't have all the answers. Only the Almighty does. So why don't you read this? And he hands her a book called The Enigma of Time Travel. <laughs> okay, great. Some of the angels kind of like, oh. Yeah. So we cut to later. She's read the book. She's like, okay, apparently I'm chronokinetic. So I'm a time traveler. And... <laughs> 
before I came here. Like she's just like rehashing a bunch of stuff. So the trauma of getting shot unlocked her gift, apparently. Oh, great. Oh, great. And so trauma, trauma is the key, Diana. Always big fucking <laughs> shock. And she's like, so why 1944? And Raphael's like, well, maybe you're needed here for a mission. And she's like, well, the book didn't say anything about a mission, but it did say I need a totem, a talisman, an object that I can focus on in order to hone my powers, which you're fucking in it. Like, I knew that from the second we got here. It's like, you're, it's fucking pops. When it's they fucking say pops. it at the end, it's the stupidest fucking shit. Like, I liked the kind of idea that it was the milkshake because the milkshake symbolizes pops. But I was like, this is fucking stupid. I just. The second they said, maybe you're needed here for a mission. And I was like, no way. No way. They're doing it. They're doing fucking quantum leap. Holy shit. Yep. I love it. Also reminds me a lot of Sliders. Um, Horribly underrated show, which is fabulous. So yeah, like she's there. Pops comes over and is like, Teresa, you come with me. We got to go to the community meeting at the high school to determine if Riverdale should become a sundown town or not. Um, this decides our future. And so she's just like, uh-huh. And she's like, wait, Titus didn't see you. Because it's like one of the original pops. There have been several pops. It's Titus. Her great-grandfather. Her great-grandfather. I forget like what the exact lineage is. Yeah. And Raphael explains, well, only you can see me. And so I was like, so this meeting sounds like a mission. <laughs> Raphael's like, yes, it does. <laughs> Raphael is... Trying really hard not to tell her, go, you idiot. Get your butt there. The fun part is when Raphael starts being like, wait, this is way bigger than I thought. Yeah. So we go over to the school. I like that Tom is playing the mayor. Then we have Sheriff Perkins. And Alice is the principal because of course (laughs) she is. (laughs) And so Sheriff Perkins is there and he's just like, look, we should become a sundown town because. Uh, look at Greendale, Centerville, and Seaside. Their crime rates plummeted 50% once they became sundown towns. And, you know, other people are asking, like, I think we'd all appreciate knowing exactly what these laws entail. Expo Alice. <laughs> Expo Alice, which also, you know, for the, the aimed audience of Riverdale may not know what a sundown town is. Especially if you don't live near In places this... that have them. Yes, if you're if you're not, it's... It was, it's widely popular in the South. We still have them in the South. In the South uh, and parts of the Midwest, too. There's sure. still lots of sundown towns. Yes. So a little exposition here is not unwarranted. No, absolutely not. So Perkins explains all Black people, citizens, or otherwise must be outside the town limits by sundown. If they aren't, they'll be treated as trespassers. And so Tabs is like, well, you can't possibly be considering this. You're making the completely racist assumption that only black people commit crimes. I really do appreciate that they called this law racist. Like they didn't like dance around it. They actually like they flat out said this is a racist assumption. While also having Tabitha do it because I can guarantee you Titus would not feel emboldened enough to say it in that setting. Sure. Tabitha with her confidence of being from, you know, 2022 is not afraid um so yeah no it it is a great way for tabitha to use her position in this moment to be like this is bullshit 
Which it is. It absolutely is. And so she's asking, what about the black families, black owned businesses? What are they supposed to do? How are we going to survive? Then we kind of do the like back and forth. Who are we back and forth? And then uh, Archie gets up and is like, like hell, I did not fight in a war to defend this country to come back to a town where people, any people are not free and welcome to come and go as their God given right. To which Tabitha goes, thank you, Archie. And he turned to us like, it's Artie Miss. Okay, Grandpa Artie. We've yep. heard about we've heard about him. Love it. I mean, I I I know I was originally always scoffed at the kids playing, you know, their parents or grandparents or their ancestors, but now I think it's really fun. So it's I pretty it. great. It's pretty great. You know what? They've kept it going and they've been pretty consistent with that. So I enjoy it. It's a trope of the show. They've also just done it in fun twisty ways every time Mm -hmm. they've they've gone back to that well like having him now be grandpa Artie is awesome Mm -hmm. i mean it works great and so he continues you know five of my men in my fire department are black now they're my friends they've saved countless of our lives so like he's just like i think this is ridiculous which this is the pointing to the you know white savior that is the uh andrews gentleman yes but on the flip side, it's like Artie's doing the right damn thing. It is. the It's the right thing for him to stand up and be like, I think this is a bad thing. This is a bad thing that you're thinking about doing. So Mayor Keller is all like, OK, OK, I have a lot to think about. So um, let's take a step back, reconvene in the new year, and we'll settle this difficult matter once and for all. How does that sound? <sighs> Which like, OK, fine, whatever. And so later... At Pops, Tabitha is just like, something's messed up. To my knowledge, Riverdale was never a sundown town. And it's almost like someone is trying to rewrite history. No. Like she's talking to Raphael and she's like, well, maybe that's why I was sent here to derail his plans to the specific moment in time. And then all of a sudden we get this frantic knocking on the door and it's Bangs and Tony holding a fake baby. (laughs) <laughs> we, we need help we need help they're coming for us we need help we have a child and the baby's crying so I let the baby in and then you know we have a conversation their car ran out of gas while they were driving through centerville which we've already established is a sundown town mm-hmm. and we almost got caught by the police so we escaped into the woods and then we remembered this diner we read about it in the green book so we walked here um and they're just like you know can we stay here till morning and then we can go back to our car if it's even there and Tabitha's like, it's Christmas Eve. Of course you can stay. No. So, so like, again, I appreciate they, they used their cast that are people of color yes. to help demonstrate this and also demonstrate like this is a very real thing that happens today to people. And it's bullshit. Yeah, it's it's horrifying. <laughs> it is straight up bullshit. But also just the echoes of history. That they keep sign pointing to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which also just plays into the comic book of it all. Like, of course, there would be a couple that is also Fangs and Tony that have the baby and that are under danger from a racist dude. You know, a little bit of time pass and all of a sudden the sirens start blaring and Tabitha's like, fuck. She goes outside <laughs> and she just kind of has another face off with. Uh, Sheriff Perkins and, you know, Deputy Keller standing there with his mustache and his his funky pants. <laughs> Basically just saying like, hey, they were criminals in Centerville, like because they were trespassing and then they moved in here, which gives us the right to arrest them. 
Which it doesn't, but, you know, that's never stopped the police before. No. And so Tyler's just like, no, Riverdale's not a sundown town, so nope. And then she's just like, do you have a warrant? Because you're not stepping foot inside until you do. And she, yeah, she's just like, you know, I know what happens to these people. They vanish or worse. Percival is just like, I want to speak to your boss. I'm right here. Rifle cock. <laughs> it's Titus with a shotgun. Double barrels all day long. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I love this. I was like, Titus fucking Tate, yo. I'm here for this. So they're like, we're just going to sit here and we're going to call Centerville and uh, <sighs> settle in. It's going to be a long night. So, okay, cool. We knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Go inside. We bought ourselves in a few hours. But the second that Warren arrives, there's no stopping those two lawmen from coming in. Yeah. So, like, Flynn... Is like, well, you know, what if, you know, we dash through the woods to which Tracy, aka Tony, is like, baby Annie's asthmatic. What if she has an attack? You know, and then she explains them like, we don't have her medicine. We left it in the car. Baby Annie. Annie. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of Anthony. It's adorable. This show's so dumb. Oh, yeah. I'm here for it. Titus, like, we need a Christmas miracle. To which Tabitha's like, yeah. Yes, we do. Stare at the angel. So she goes and talks to Jughead Raphael. It's Christmas Eve. You're an angel. Isn't this the one time of year you can and should get involved? I, just, <laughs> I like Jug Angel and just being like, I don't, I don't know. She's like, he's like, I don't, what do you want me to do? And so she's like, Were you serious about the whole? If you showed me your form, we'd go insane. He's like, Yes. So what does that mean? Your eyes start to bleed and your mind would snap in two. Would would that happen to the sheriff and the deputy? Yes. All right. And he, and it's like, okay, I'll see what I can do. But she's like, okay, just give me a second to. I want to call Chief Andrews, and then I will bring everybody back here. Oh. So we cut to they're standing at the door, and Raphael's like, you can't see this either. And she's like, I won't, but thank you. So then Jughead goes outside. We see this wild flash, and then the group and the men are screaming. And so then the group like comes outside and the deputies and sheriff have like blood running down their face and they're just screaming. Talking in tongues. Yeah, they're they're like rocking on the ground. It's they're not good. They've seen some shit. Tabitha says, Fire Chief Andrews is gonna meet us and help get you home. But we have to make a detour first. So let's keep going. Yeah, it's a very uh stereotypical common reaction to seeing the face of god apparently i've seen this in other things before this is, sure. this is a pretty common little trope so we go to the mayor's office and now Artie's with them and they're like yo this is tracy flynn and annie they were hunted down like criminals for being caught in centerville after dark these people are why you can't let sheriff perkins turn riverdale into a sundown town it would cost riverdale its soul mr mayor so like, okay, there it is. Like, like we're making more of the declaration that Pops is the soul of Riverdale, which we've been pointing to for a while here. But like, there it is. A character actually said it. So we cut to the next day and we see a newspaper and the headline is Mayor says no to sundown law. And she gets, you know, she swings around and she's talking. And she's like, I just got off the phone with Tracy. They all made it home safe and sound. So I guess all is well that ends well. But I have to tell you something. And she's talking to Titus. My name's not Teresa. It's Tabitha. And you, you're actually my, and the door opens. And it's Percival. 
in a straight jacket that he has ripped apart and a gun saying, you won't beat me, so stop trying. And he shoots. So good. That was really great. And so when he shoots, Tabitha closes her eyes. And then when she opens them, we've moved again. She's in a different era now. (laughs) Uh, Tabitha Tate in her diner, hoping that the next jump is the leap home. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) Man, this would have been a perfect episode for a Scott Bakula cameo. For fuck's sake, how did that not happen? I mean, why? he should have played the mayor. That would have been so good. I need Scott Bakula to just show up randomly here with Tabitha. He needs to play someone's dad randomly. <sighs> or he can play the devil, like the real devil. <laughs> so now we're back in Pops. It's And we're hearing Martin Luther King on the radio. And we're hearing part of the speech. And Tabitha goes, that's Dr. King, his mountaintop speech, which means today is April 3rd, 1968. And tomorrow, Dr. King's, uh, and then Pop, actual Pop, which I don't remember what his real name is, but whatever. Real Pop, only super young, is like, what going to be what, Tina? And she's like, <laughs> I need to borrow some money for the bus, Pop. I need to, I need to stop something from happening. And <laughs> Tabitha is in... A, a, still in a waitress uniform, but now she's got a name tag that says Tina. So then we cut to a bus that has broken down and she's talking to the bus driver and like, I like how, like, I got to get to Memphis. And he's like, that's not happening. This is the only bus. And so she walks by the bus, like she's like walking away from it and she passes Tony and Tony says, I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> It's like, you're trying to save Dr. King's life, but as painful as it is, Tabitha, there's nothing you can do about it. To which Tabitha's like, I don't accept that, Raphael. Betty once told me that the FBI office in the Riverdale opened up in 1950. So maybe they can help. Oh, Tabitha. Uh, So she goes to the FBI office and she sees who's there. And it's Kevin and Percival. (laughs) I love it. It's so perfect. It's just the thing of, like, if you know anything about Dr. King's life, you know that one of the biggest, biggest enemies of Dr. King was the fucking feds. I mean, Tabitha is idealistic. She really is. And it's one of the it's one of the things that leads to the most funniness of, like, she's going to go. And, of course, the bad guys at the FBI office because they were the worst. Tabitha always tries to do things on the up and up mm-hmm. first. And if that doesn't work, then we're going to do some other shit. Okay? Like, she, but she doesn't want to because she is, like, she's first and foremost an upstanding, fabulous citizen. She's an amazing person. Yeah. She doesn't want to get down and dirty. She doesn't. The way she gets down and dirty in this episode is so Tabitha, though. It's so Tabitha in the best way. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so she sees Percival and Kevin, and like one of them says, can we help you with something, ma'am? Cut to outside pops with Tony. And if I tried to call the Lorraine Motel, where I know Dr. King is staying tonight, the clerk wouldn't believe you, or the line would cut out, or both. This isn't right or just. I know, but some events are fixed in time, in history, and sadly, this is one of them. So, like, I like that she's just, like, trying to go through all the things she could do to stop this from happening. And Tony's just like, yeah, tough shit. It's not happening. (laughs) Angel Tony. Yeah. So what do I do? Is my mission personal related again? 
well, you could try to find your talisman. It's still out there. And Tav was like, I can't imagine I'll be able to focus on anything other than what's going to happen tomorrow night. And so Tony's just like, I'll wait with you then. (sighs) So later we're in the diner and the news comes out and it makes the announcement. Pops drops a stack of plates and they're all just sitting there and everyone's shocked. Yeah. And I love, I love when Pops drops the plate. Tab says, Grandpa. Mm-hmm. I love the use of the Robert Kennedy announcement because mm-hmm. that was how most Americans learned the news. Yeah. You know, he was he was giving a speech in and around Chicago, I think, at the same time. And then yeah. you know, it wasn't it wasn't very long later that he was assassinated. Mm-hmm. So just just hard. Just a really hard time. Oh yeah. You know, Pops asks Tabitha, what do we do? Should we shut down the diner out of respect? Tabitha's like, I think we should stay open. I think people need to feel like they're not alone right now. Like we're part of a community. So <sighs> we cut to the morning time and Kevin and Percival show up. And they're there to enact a curfew. <laughs> um, they got to get everybody out of the diner by six because there's been terrible rioting in Greendale, Centerville and Seaside. So, like, that's what's happening. And Tabitha's like, what is what does the FBI care? Like, when does the mayor give the FBI orders? To which person's like, mayor asked her for our boss's help. And we're happy to oblige. So we'll be back at six. Just have everyone out of there. And Tabitha's like, or? Or we're going to start arresting people. I will say I don't hate the historical part of this. There sure. were a lot of riots sure. after Dr. King's assassination. Of course. That- that's a very historical aspect to it. Mm-hmm. So I was shocked at how well they kind of handled this storyline. Mm-hmm. Same, because we were very nervous. I just I I saw it and I had no idea. I was like, are they going to spend the whole time like expounding Doctor King's legacy in an episode? Mm-hmm. And they instead used it as a springboard for this time traveling issue, mm-hmm. and then dealt with it in a much more personal way for the town. Well, I like that they just showed, like, because the whole point is that Pops is her talisman. Like, super big spoiler alert. <laughs> I haven't already watched the episode. Jesus Christ. If you if you but, don't figure that out within the first five seconds. But showing some of those really big moments where Pops was this place. Yeah. And, like, that, it, like that's part of the legacy of, like, not only its location, but what it is. Yeah. Um. So, like, no, that's important. They managed to take something and make it a real plot story point for the show while just weaving that historical aspect into it. Yeah. So we go inside and they're like, what's that piggy wood? Uh, <laughs> they want to keep us from gathering. They're enacting a curfew. We have to clear out by 6 p.m. or we'll be arrested. And so like they talk about like, you know, they got beat up by police at Seaside. We need to do something like everyone's like, let's raise some hell. Um, you know, they they like they're upset. They do want to riot. And so Tavis is like, no, no, no. I know that agent. He just wants violence and bloodshed, but our bloodshed. And he doesn't want us to gather peacefully. He wants us scattered and agitated and out on our own looking for trouble. He doesn't want us to gather peacefully because he wants us scattered and agitated. So at sundown, we're going to be right here at Pops together, singing and praying and having community. And they're like, well, you just said we get arrested. No, that's what he said. But I have an idea to keep that from happening. A one that Agent Pierce gave me himself, which I kind of love this. Because what happens next is so 
fucking hilarious. So she goes into the kitchen and she starts making phone calls. And Tony's there being like, what What are you doing? Raphael is just confused as shit. And so basically, Tabitha calls J. Edgar Hoover, the director of the FBI. <laughs> And basically blackmails him with the files he kept on the presidents and all of that shit. Like, the bad shit he was doing at that time. And he's just like, what do you want? Not much. I just need you to muzzle a very problematic agent in your your Riverdale. Which I kind of love. Like, like, because only back then could a civilian, like, manipulate their way into talking to the director of FBI. Oh, this never would have happened. <laughs> the The joke is that Tabitha is so fucking persistent that she will get on the line with J. Edgar Hoover. I mean, it could it could totally happen. It could have happened back then. I 100% I believe it. I 100% believe it. But I also, I really love that Raphael's like, are you just expecting something amazing to happen? She's like, oh, no, I've been on hold for like 10 different people. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, 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 no. I don't have his direct number. Like... We're just rolling the dice here. So we go over to the FBI office and, you know, it's Percy and and Kevin and they get a phone call from Director Hoover and he gets off the phone and he's like, what did Director Hoover want? He Operation Turkey Shoot has been called off. He also fired me. And <laughs> Kevin's like, why? Someone must have gotten to him. That agitator from the diner. Operation Turkey Shoot. Love it. I mean, it's a callback. It's a callback to the confrontation with the serpent. So, like, I'm here. For, I'm here for that. There's a lot of moments here where I really did question. I'm like, is this all just in Tabitha's gunshot brain? No, we're in a comic book. But no, we're in a comic book. We're in a comic book. So we go to the vigil at the diner, and Tabitha's looking out the door, and she sees Percival's car come by, and she's just going, "Please, please keep going, keep going, keep going." And he just kind of slows down. He's staring her down, but he goes. He doesn't do anything. So later, she's talking to Tony. She's like, "Was that my test, my mission, like to keep the diner open?" It, it like, what? This is ridiculous. And Tony's like, "Kind of seems like it to me. I mean, something awful." something awful might have happened in Riverdale and you stopped it. And Tabitha's like, I wish I could do more. And Tony's like, well, maybe your mission's ongoing. And so later Pops is like, Tina, we're getting low on ketchup. Would you mind refreshing some bottles? And so she goes to the back. She starts filling ketchup and she hears a ticking. She opens the cabinet. There's a bomb. And she runs outside, throws it in a trash can and close her eyes. And we hear the little boom as she goes, Percival. We hear a massive explosion. Yeah. Cut to, it's the 2000s in Pops. Specifically. (laughs) Specifically 1999. Oh my God. (laughs) Which, okay. The styling in these different ages was very good. (laughs) Uh Like, it was so clear we were somewhere new. Pops, as we know them, but this is Tessa. She's Tessa now, (laughs) which I believe would be her mom or her aunt. It's her mom or her aunt. It's possible, but there's also like Jughead says it's just, you know, you're you're reconciling his brain. So it may just be that you're somebody who works for Pops sure. with this random name. Eh. But anyways, he's like, come on, we got to go. She's like, what? Someone spray painted something awful on the diner. So we see it and it's 88. 
and, and an SS. I saw that one too. Yeah, I saw the SS, but I couldn't make that one out quite as much. And so Tabitha, and this is a little more exposition, but it's also really important. And I appreciate that they explained it mm-hmm. because I didn't know this until I watched the movie American History X. Yeah. So Tabitha's like 88. I don't, what does that mean? It's a symbol of hate. 88 is a code used by white supremacists. Eight, the number eight is H in the alphabet. Eight, eight, H-H means Heil Hitler. Yep. For all those who don't know, now you do. So I was like, but why would anyone paint that on our on your diner? And Pop's <laughs> like, man, I caught him in the act. He's inside with Sheriff Keller right now. We cut two. Sheriff Keller with hair color. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, but I do like that we got more of Sheriff Keller. I really like Tom Keller. Martin Cummings actor is always great. So I, I'm glad we got a little bit more of him. I like I like Tabitha catching herself, which shows it's like, oh, you're starting to figure out this time travel thing a little bit better. Yeah. So like the whole time she's been freaking out. And now she's finally like, Our, I mean, you're diner. <laughs> Yeah. So Tom explains, you know, we've been fielding phone calls nonstop. It's a wave of vandalism went through town last night. It's a new millennium, but same hate, I guess. And so Tabs was <laughs> like, was it all kids? Yeah, they all responded the same way that Brian Talbot here did when we caught him. To which I was like, which was how? And Pops explains he seemed to be in a daze. He says he didn't even remember spray painting the diner like he was hypnotized. And Tom's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tom's like, how about I take him home, talk to his folks, see if they can give us any insight. We can discuss pressing charges tomorrow. To which Pops is like, sounds good. Because Pops doesn't want to like. Pops probably won't even press charges. Pops is very non-confrontational. And Tom was like, do you mind if I talk to him for a second? And Tom's like, sure. Which I'm like, Tom, you are not a good sheriff. He's the worst sheriff. You're a good man. You're a good man. But you're a bad sheriff. <laughs> I mean. He's a bad sheriff. Yeah, he is. He very much is. So she sits down with him and she's talking to him and he's just like, I'm really sorry. I don't even remember doing it. And uh, previously when Tabitha was outside, she found a baseball card. And she's like, I found this outside. I thought it might belong to you. And he goes, it does. Ambrose, the rocket pips. It's like the holy grail of baseball cards. He's Riverdale's only major league baseball player. I just, I got it. And Tabitha's like, where'd you get it? Um, The curiosity shop that just opened on the outskirts of town. The guy who runs it gave me a sweet deal. All I had to do in exchange for it was, and they kind of just trails off. And we find out that it's Paul Prince that runs it. And yeah. <laughs> he goes into a fog and you're like, oh God, poor so, kid. <laughs> so we cut to evening time and Tabitha is like pretending to read a newspaper and she's watching the curiosity shop. And so then the camera does a move. So like we move away from Tabitha and then we move back and Betty's there. And (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm late. To which Tabitha goes, I was wondering when you'd turn up, Raphael. Hey, you're getting better at this whole time traveling thing. (laughs) Angel (laughs) Betty is the best angel. Angel Betty. (laughs) Um, She's like, you're getting better at this. You jumped again almost an entire second before the explosion. And she's like, yeah, but I'm still playing catch up to Percival. To which Betty pulls out a bobby pin and goes, you go. I'll keep a lookout. So good. So So cute. We haven't had a bobby pin in a while. I'm here for it. Made me so happy. So Tabitha goes in and she starts taking Polaroids, which, okay, come on. Polaroids, we're not in the 80s. This is 1999. Polaroids, barely a thing in 1999. It's a curiosity shop. So 
then we cut to pops and Betty is looking through the photos and we see, you know, uh, a f- painting of a soldier, a soldier uniform, the spear of Longinus. <laughs> they got to this point and I, I, you're, you're almost at the point where you're throwing your arms in the air like, holy shit, what? Oh, I seriously was. So the spear of Longinus <laughs> is said to have pierced the side of Jesus at his crucifixion. Yep. yep. And then we have the Holy Grail, the chalice used in the Last Supper, which I do appreciate that the Holy Grail is just like a wooden carved cup. Like it's not some fancy gold bullshit. It's just like, here's a cup. It's big. There you go. Have we learned nothing from Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade? No. We haven't even Indiana didn't learn anything. Okay. Yes, he. Well, he he desperately tried to get the Grail, and then his dad reminded him that he needed to give it up. Yeah. So Betty's just like, "Hey, Tabitha, this is this is the Holy Grail. That could be your needle in a haystack. This may be your Holy Grail. Um, <laughs> what you use to focus and return to your timeline when you get shot." And Tabitha's like, "Well, what about Paul Prince, aka Percival?" Betty's like, "Go get the Grail, and then we'll deal with him." <laughs> So she goes back to the curiosity shop and there's Percy in the uniform. He's like, you know, we meet again and again and again, but never more after tonight. And she's like, who are you really? My names are Legion. Blow out the candles and I'm the dark. So then the lights go out and then he looks like the devil. He's very creepy, like vampire-esque. So yeah, so he's a creepy demon dude, whatever, or the devil himself. That's fine. And so, like, he's got a sword, and she grabs the spear of Longinus, and, like, as they're fighting, she goes, one thing people don't know about me is that in college, I was on the varsity fencing team and the debate team. My f- And, like, as she started, she goes, my favorite philosophical argument was, if you could go back in time and kill Hitler, would you? I always said yes. And she stabs, but he disappears. But, like, as she stabs him, he just becomes the uniform. So we go back to Pops. And she's explaining what's going on. And Betty's like, so after Percival vanished, what'd you do? Oh, I burned the entire shop down, except for the grail. (laughs) It's like, we do really like arson in the show. Betty says, you know, I think it's time for you to focus on getting back home to your real home. To which Tabs is like, I like, what if the grail isn't my talisman? Then what? Um, Well, if it isn't, then you keep looking, you keep fighting. But I'm hopeful. Drink up. And then we see that the grill is now filled with a milkshake. And they toast to the future. The show is so dumb. It is very. So, you know, we we cut back to where we were at the beginning. And she's coming out. And she sees the guy come in to Pops. And she throws the can of soup at his head. To which Chuck is like, what the hell? <laughs> he's one of Percival's goons, though he may not remember it when he regains consciousness. Um, but he came here to kill us. Well, me. And Jug is like, what am I missing? A lot. <laughs> I love it. She goes, um, I think it's my turn to do the explaining after we tie him up and stick him in the freezer. <laughs> it's always stick him in the freezer. Yeah. Jug is like, so you're a time travel? I'm chronokinetic. So yes, with the help of an angel. Why didn't I get an angel? Or Betty? Or Archie? Or Cheryl? And... Tab is like, well, I think I was being trained, Jug, for the war that has been brewing for decades, if not centuries. We get a lot of exposition. And she's just like, look, um, Percival's going to keep turning up. And I don't think he's human. And he's like the personification of evil. And it's going to take all of us, all of us with powers working together to stop him. The 
the fact that they are calling it the final battle place and all I can think of is the book of revelation. Of course. I what are they doing on this television show? I, I don't we what did we sign up for all those years ago? <laughs> Not this. And yet we're here. We have gone through an organ selling cult and it's still not as weird as this shit. Yes, we have. We have also gone through an evil version of Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, <laughs> we also fake murdered our narrator. <laughs> a lot of shit has happened. So much weird ass shit. We have lost a lot of parents. <laughs> so many grown ups. Literally and figuratively. We don't, uh, no, no, that was too far. No, but it's true. Ugh. Sweet Luke Perry. My homie Luke Perry forever. <laughs> um, so we cut to later. We're at Pops with all the mutants. It's the mutant squad. Mutant squad. And Cheryl's like, I'm confused. If in the past, Percival wanted to destroy Riverdale, then why is he bringing a railroad to town? And Archie's just like, well, he's making it happen. I overheard Uncle Frank talking to someone on the phone, maybe your mom, Betty. And Percival's trying to get Governor Dooley on board with his plan, blocking any attempt to landmark pops. So, like, they just kind of, like, go back and forth. And Betty's like, how do you know all this? Mm-hmm. I was just like, well, once I figured out what my time talisman really was, I got better at it. And they're like, wait, your talisman wasn't the Holy Grail? No, Pops was my talisman all along. It was like Dorothy and the Ruby Slippers. This diner is my personal limited functioning time needle. And so, like, they're like, yeah, that makes sense. All of us have our tethers that allow us some semblance of control. Pops would be yours. Why did they not make a TARDIS joke? I know. Someone should have made a TARDIS joke. Unless they felt like they just couldn't (laughs) because they didn't want to get sued. But So then we find out that Tabitha, once she got the hang of the time jumping, she tried moving forward instead of backwards. So Tabitha goes to the future. And in the future, the diner was an empty shell. Even worse, outside, the sky was full of ash. And as far as the eye could see, Riverdale was just gone. A wasteland. So then we come back to the present and they're, they're like, is this actually going to happen or is it something we can change? And I don't know. Certain events are fixed points in time and the future I saw might be one of them, but make no mistake. It is the apocalypse we're talking about in Riverdale and we're sitting at ground zero. Riverdale. Dramatic, full face, close-ups. I mean, this is one of the dumbest things ever. I swear to it's God. It's fun. So I'm not mad. <laughs> Like, it's dumb as fuck. Make no mistake. We are talking about the dumbest fucking plotline in this show's history. Riverdale. It's pretty dumb. Wow. I just... It's it's when they pulled out the fucking Spear of Longinus and the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. That made me just... That major eye roll. You... You went from, well, this is an interesting convention to, y- excuse me, mm-hmm. you, you've you gone fully biblical with this shit now? Wow, I don't know, y'all. I don't know. And we still have, we don't know how many episodes to go mm-hmm. of all of this. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Should we find out what's happening next time? Sure, if they'll tell us. Oh my god. <laughs> Thank you.
All right. So next week is called Into the Fog, um, <laughs> which is a nice reference to a John Carpenter film. Jughead even says it in the trailer. It's like a Stephen King novel out there. Yeah. Like shit's going to happen with everybody's senses except this. Okay. This one's really going to be about Betty because the fog is going to make it so that people can't see, but Betty can still see like the bullshit happening. Ooh, the aura. I heard, I can't substantiate this at the moment, but I saw something where someone, one of the people that tied to productions referenced that we're going to find out what was going on with Betty when she was gone. So there, we should get some sort of like flashback type episode with Betty. When she lost the guy in Maine. Yeah, when she lost mm. TVK in Maine, supposedly. So this would be an interesting way to tell that story because I feel like taking away this scent, like this the vision sense makes the most sense for us to focus on Betty. We also had like almost an entire episode with nobody. So that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Oh, this one's going to be spooky. I like spooky. I'm here for it. And Penelope showing up. Penelope shows up in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy uniform. So, okay. They they are going full bonkers with that character. Well, I like that she's just like, I like that Cheryl can like, I feel like the character of Cheryl can finally fully name her mom as her tormentor. Yes. Because she inflicted so much trauma. Like we've seen it now. And even if it's like a slightly distorted view because it's Cheryl's view, it still is a semblance of what happened. Like, and there's no mistake that Penelope is a horrible human being, but she does create chaos in a way that is very specific to the Blossom family. So <laughs> I'm not going to say it's not entertaining. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, the, the literal fucking apocalypse is going to happen to Pop's chocolate shop. Sure. But also, okay, like by now the photos for next week have come out and it looks like Betty and Archie are looking at a pregnancy test. Yeah. Well, they're being very sweetly romantic, so that would yeah. not shock me in the least. No, I'm, I'm, I won't be mad. And you know, they talked about it earlier in the series. So now, granted, that was River Vale, but this could be the crossover to that. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. All right. Well, until next time. Hashtag Bulldogs, Bulldogs Forever. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.